We're joined by Scott Reed, former advisor to Prime Minister Paul Martin. Scott Reed thought about you a few times on Friday. I guess for you, a lot of that was old school, but I was uh, very excited to be there. Yeah, it's uh, always exciting. And, you know, I, I, um, I would I would advise anybody who's you know skeptical of government, skeptical about politics, go to Parliament Hill sometime. Just go wander around, look at stuff, taking question period. Um, you know, there's something pretty sensational about walking up the steps, about you know walking through the rotunda. And I know you know center block is closed these days, but you know I was also down on Friday and attended a couple of things you know related to the visit, and it's uh, it's a great feeling. I worked there for 17 years, and almost every day when I'd walk in through the members' uh, entrance, I'd say to myself, "I am I am like going to pinch myself. This is freaking lucky to be here." You know what? That's something my mom always said: never lose your sense of wonder. Like never stop. Being- being amazed at the, the the incredible experiences that can be afforded to very few people. But listen, let's dig into the story that I think, I mean, obviously it leads this morning, but beyond that, I'd like to think that maybe we've reached a breaking point or a turning point with the stabbing death of a 16-year-old boy at Keele Station on Saturday evening and stabbed allegedly by a homeless 22-year-old man. Well, first of all, it's awful. It's beyond beyond belief. And then there's another stabbing, I gather, on a boss overnight. But I think in particular, the, um, you know, the murder, uh, the random murder of this 16-year-old, it it feels to me like it's going to galvanize the city. It feels to me like it's going to be uh, a point of no return for the TTC, for city council, for policing. Um, I I don't know exactly what's going to happen in the next number of days, but I think things that are loud and large are going to happen in the next few days. It's obviously going to dominate discussion around the Merrill's specialty race. I just think this is one of those events where you say, all right, um, we were concerned about this. We put on some police on a short-term basis, did some surge, then took them off. And now this happened and it's not a cause and effect and it's not a direct line. And one murder doesn't mean the entire system is unsafe. All of those things. I'm not trying to be irresponsible and fear mongering, but I'm telling you right now, I'm not putting my kids on the TTC. Like that is what the TTC does not want to hear. And that's what this 55 year old guy is saying about his teenage kids. And it's what every parent in the city is saying. Either I'm not putting my kids on the TTC or I'm putting my kids on the TTC with enormous reluctance because I don't have another choice. Uh, The city's going to have to galvanize itself around this notion of getting the TTC safe because right now it either isn't safe or it sure as hell doesn't feel safe. Yeah, I, I mean, I suspect you're right. I mean, we need some shock therapy. And if it's putting all those police officers back on the TTC, um, then the city's going to have to find the money. And if uh, Doug Ford wants to make an incredible gesture, he could just say, do what you need to do here. I'll, we'll, I'll cover the bill when it comes. It's not quite 2005 and Jane Kriba, but it, it's in the discussion, it's one of those things that will capture the public imagination um, that coming on the heels of weeks and months of uh, events and discussions and debates and policing and then pulling off of policing. I just think this is absolutely going to dominate um, not just debate, but action. And, you know, coming with a, a mayor's race really puts a telescope on this. And, um, you know, it's just uh, fair or not, it 
there can be only one priority right now for TTC, and that is uh, to do everything possible to provide people the sense of reassurance and security, because in the absence of that, nothing else matters. Okay, well, speaking of the mayor's race, a poll out published, commissioned by and published in the Star finds Olivia Chow has the lead at 24% of decided voters. Saunders, uh, Mark Saunders, the former chief of police with 22%, and then the next person is Josh Matlow, who's probably pretty happy at 18%. Worth noting, uh, more than a third of people, Scott, haven't made up their minds, and that's understandable. We don't even have the full field. Well, we don't have a full field, but it still feels uh, as long as the Nile River, the list of candidates. So it's it's going to be a very crowded race. And, you know, the skeptic in me from a political standpoint looks at that and says, well, that, that poll is simply measuring name recognition. On the other hand, in a race like this, it's going to be relatively quick uh, with a crowded field. Uh, name recognition is going to be by far probably the most significant factor. And so those that have name recognition will, you know, begin with an enormous advantage. Turnout's going to be low. If you've got high name recognition and the ability to turn out your vote um you've got a real shot at winning this thing uh i you know also look at the events of today and i say well does that play you know into the hands of someone like mark saunders who said listen crime has got to be my number one issue not surprising he's a former chief of police i personally think that the more the people see of mark saunders the less they're going to be impressed by um i feel the same way about josh matlow we of course don't yet know if olivia chow will actually run but when you see poll numbers like this i think the temptation is going to be terribly hard for her to resist um i think this race is literally a jump ball i think almost any of the major candidates could win and i think that that, um, you know, there's a real chance that this discussion around TTC and crime and core services, which is related to it. I mean, the fact of the matter is the TTC is being used as one giant moving homeless shelter. That's what's happened in our city because the province and the city have failed to adequately fund that sort of social infrastructure. And I shouldn't blame the city so much because it tries. It's its resources and access to resources is more limited. But but that is part and parcel of the discussion. So you're going to have the left wanting to dominate on that side of the discussion, say that's a problem. You're going to have others saying, no, you know, it's time to just get hard about crime. And you're going to have that kind of clash. And it's in that context of, you know, name recognition and vote polling. It's going to be a fascinating election because it is utterly unpredictable. Okay. So as a guy who spent his time in the prime minister's office, you are uniquely qualified to comment on this story. We, we learned this morning that the deal to effectively close the border to refugees trying to hoof it into Canada was reached a year ago, but it was announced only on Friday and went into effect Friday night to prevent a rush. Um, I guess the big question is, why would it take a year once they had arrived at a deal to enact it? So I, I think a couple of things. One, I'd be a little cautious about saying that deal was actually reached a year ago. That just doesn't make sense to me. The prime minister has bled real real blood on this in the province of Quebec, blood that he can't afford to shed. And so I don't think that he's been sitting on a deal and just waiting for over a year. That doesn't make sense to me. So I think what's more likely accurate is that this thing has been in train and moving toward a certain resolution, you know, as early as a year ago. Um, and then I think probably the, there's two factors, one of which is highlighted in the in the story, which I think is true, but is also a bit of spin. And that is, you know, you wait until the last minute because you don't want to say the border will be closing on Tuesday because guess what's going to happen on Monday? You're going to get a hell of a lot of people at the border. So I buy that they timed the announcement. So like it was, hey, when this announcement happens at midnight, it's done. But obviously they timed it as well to be here for the president's visit so that they 
could, you know, show that they had a demonstrable action item. Um, I just don't think that this thing was sitting in um, the bread box uh, waiting to be taken out and served for one year. That doesn't make sense to me. That's not in the government's self-interest. It's quite contrary to the government's self-interest. Charles and Camilla's two-day visit in 2022 to Canada cost Canadians $2 million. I guess throw into this also Justin Trudeau's $6,000 hotel room in London for the Queen's funeral. Um, I Well, I'll let you offer your own reaction. I just find that I've never obsessed over the cost of running the Prime Minister's office, no matter who's in it. No, but I think you always have to demonstrate some effort to show frugality. I think there's this link question of the monarchy in the aftermath of uh, Queen Elizabeth. No one really has the energy or the wit to kick open a constitutional debate and all that will come in uh, the aftermath of that over trying to get rid of the monarchy. But I don't think that Charles has any kind of hold on Canadians' imagination. And so although it is, in relative terms, peanuts, $2 million, you know, in the in the context of, uh, you know, billions that are spent routinely from a government perspective, I think people are kind of like, you know what, if you told me it was 150 bucks, I might think that that's more. I could use that 150 bucks to buy, like, you know, a satellite football subscription or something. So I just think, you know... Wait till May. Wait till we see his installation as king, the formal installation, the money that will be spilled, the resources. I just have a lot of people. People are feeling. People are going to cock their eyebrow and go, "What? Like what? Like what? What? What's this all about again?" Um, I just think he's really bleeding support. Thanks a lot, sir. Good to have you. See you.